0: Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self with Zofia Renea Morales. I am here today with Bonnie Bonadeo and we are going to discuss life and love and the wonderfulness that happens here on this earth plane. Mm-hmm. Bonnie, has, by way of introduction, has helped thousands of clients as a brand coach and consultant to transform their purpose to build a solid brand that so- showcases their business of value-driven and unique. And as a story brand certified guide, emotional intelligence coach, and life coach, Bonnie believes that investing time to uncover your personal and professional brand is the key to a successful business and life. She is the host of Be A Beautiful Brands Inside and Out radio show and the Beauty Agent Network, as well as her own brand, Bonnie Bonadeo. She's one of the 2013 Enterprising Women and graced the 2016 cover of Salon Today. She is a certified emotional intelligence speaker and a six times best selling author and a beauty business leader with over 30 plus years of experience working with multiple brands inside beauty and out. Bonnie speaks authentically on her struggles and successes as a person to foster growth and awareness in others and embodies her brand of connecting you to you so that you can connect with others. Welcome, Bonnie. I am so pleased to have you on the show with us <laughs> today. You.
2: Yeah, thank you so much. It's always it's always uh, great to be able to connect with people that really look at the relationships in life on a different plane instead of just superficial or... You know, human to human. Sometimes we have to transactional. Yeah,
1: exactly. Good work. (laughs) Exactly. So we are in the month of love here in February. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of focus is put on the interpersonal relationship and having that amazing life partner and sexiness and being made to feel special by someone else. Uh, But I don't think that's really where we start getting to that. We tend to think that that's an outside job, but I I don't know about your experience, but mine is an inside job. So, <laughs> yeah. why, why don't you share with us a little bit of your path, your story? Were you always happily partnered, and how did you, how did that path go for you?
2: Yeah, you know that it was an interesting path. Um, I'm one of three girls in my family. And, um, so I, and I, and it was funny because I I was just home and we were looking through old photos and there isn't a single photo of me as a, as just me. It was me and my sisters, me and my sisters were one, I'm one of three, I'm one of three, I'm one Mm. of three. And when I really, you know, I've always felt that pattern, um, growing up. So my two older, even though we're all 16 months apart, my two older sisters were actually very close Mm -hmm. and they had this unique bond. And I felt like the third wheel a lot of times. So I always kind of ventured into my own direction and did a lot of things differently than they did. Um, And I grew up with, you know, a beautiful uh, parent, mother and father relationship, uh, you know, the whole time. And so uh, I, I saw that... You know, you get to a certain age, you meet somebody that you love, you get married, you have children, and you move on. But I also knew that I was... 2.5 kids in a picket fence, Exactly. I mean, this is just... Mind you now, this is, you know, I I, I was born in the 60s, so this was still very relevant. Um, But I also knew that I wanted to be a businesswoman. I wanted to work. I wanted to... I was a go-getter. I really wanted to put my name out there and, and really participate and grow into something that I could do and claim as my own. Mm -hmm. So even though I wanted all of those other things, I also wanted my independence and I wanted my, my career. Um, But lo and behold, I did meet somebody when I was in high school. We weren't high school sweethearts in a sense. He was a little older. He'd already graduated. Um, And I got married at 19. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, And my parents, my mother got married at 19. So I'm thinking this is how it's supposed to work. Yeah, you're following the pattern, right? Yes. Uh, You know, at this point now, it's the 80s, and this pattern is not working too well. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of divorces started to happen during this time. Uh, We had a group of friends around us that were older than us, and so we really looked to them as being mentors and guides and this whole relationship thing. And when they all started breaking up, it just seemed inevitable that we couldn't be together too. Like it wasn't going to work. And of course Mm -hmm. there was a lot of other problems that fell into that. So here I am now, I'm 24 and I'm divorced. Uh, and I have I'm not even grown up yet so this was yeah you know I'm thinking what did what did I just do it was like a it was like a whole different life in that moment and I really focused on me uh, ended up moving to California and next thing you know I meet somebody and so I'm not getting married right away but I end up moving in with him right away mm-hmm. and uh, we were together like in this living situation for about seven years and then eventually got married um he is the father of my child i have a 21 year old son at this point but again that marriage didn't work either Mm -hmm. um and i think what i did was i married the exact opposite of the first one (laughs) ah which may or may not be a good thing (laughs) it was not a good thing it was like okay i've done it again now you know I'm I'm on this path, and I'm not having success in relationships. But I'm also thinking, you know, I'm the common denominator in this, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, well, I'm very independent, and I'm and I'm my career was starting to take off, and so I really thought maybe I just don't need a relationship, maybe yeah. I just don't need to be in a relationship, um, and I ended up staying single for about 11, 11, 12 years. Um, dated, you know, mm-hmm. had a couple relationships in there, but nothing serious, nothing that was going to, you know, be long-term. Just focused on raising my son, focused on my business, uh, focused on my life and, and got really comfortable with that. But I started to feel like nothing was working. So relationships were an obvious not working, but now me and business is not working. And, you know, me being able to, you know, have a friend relationship started to fall apart. Like people were just like disappearing from my life Mm -hmm. and business was starting to not look as, as, uh, you know, solvent as it once did. And I'm thinking, well, now my life's not working. Yeah, so what the heck, right? Yeah. It, and it it really made me step back and evaluate what was I doing? Because I, at this point, I thought, I'm doing something wrong. There's something wrong with me. There's which is something very, fundamental here, yeah. Yeah, which is, a, which is a very common pattern that I think a lot of people go down. But, of course, I wasn't interested in trying to figure out what's wrong with Bonnie and relationships. I was like, i got to get my business back in order here, and I have to start. I have to make money. I have to, I have to raise my son. I have to be… You know, solvent here, and so yeah, you are I, the provider. There's no other option. Right. And and I just, I really just thought if I was going to invest in anything, I was going to invest in a business coach. Well, I discovered there's no such thing as a business coach. Being one myself, there really, is no such thing as a business coach. It, it's a life coach. You. Your conversation is about your life. Your conversation Mm. is about what's working in your life, what's not working in your life. You know, yes, there's always some tactics and skills and business strategies to be able to learn along the way. But the truth is, I'm in the way. Yes. It It was always
1: something in me that's holding it back. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I really started to dive a little bit deeper into more of myself than what to do next in business to be able to, mm-hmm. you know, make the next big, you know, jackpot type of thing. And, and what did you find when you dug in there, Bonnie? Oh, I didn't like it at all. Oh, I, oh. I, I resisted every second of it. Well, what I discovered was that, you know, what showed up for me was a lot of trauma when I was five years old and oh. that I was sexually assaulted as a five-year-old. I was kind of kidnapped in the neighborhood and sexually assaulted and didn't, really share that with anybody. Well, of course not. Yeah.
1: Because you were probably told that horrible, horrible things would happen if you told someone.
2: Well, and, you know, I should have known better is what my little five-year-old mind was oh, saying. Oh, yeah. I knew better Aww. than to be out late, or I knew better than to be out after dark, or I knew better than to walk by bad man's house. So, all of these things that you hear as a five-year-old, and then all of a sudden you get yourself into this situation, well, you know, hell no, I'm not going to be telling anybody what happened. Aww. And I think that you just end up not telling anybody what happened for a very long time. But. It always catches up.
1: Yes, it does. There's and you always
2: it's have it's to un- look healed. at it. Yeah. yeah. There's a point where what hasn't healed has to be healed. Hmm. And I realized at that point that there was some work that needed to be done. And of course, I went down a very traditional path. Of at this point, I'm thinking, "Oh gosh, I need therapy. I got to go yeah. into therapy, right?" Yeah. So I went into some therapy you know, very traditional therapies, and I did some other, you know, non-traditional type therapies to dive in a little bit deeper with me. But it was really life, it was really life coaches and business coaches that I think had the greatest impact on me. And what transpired out of a lot of that was, as my life wasn't working out, my anger was getting really demanding. Yeah. like, this need to be right this need to fix everything this need for perfection and its control wasn't, the yeah, outcome to control. And, yeah and it converted to anger and I started being this really angry person which of course you can't have any good relationships when you're an angry person nobody yeah wants to nobody be wants to be with that yeah um, and I I fought the anger. <laughs> So I was fighting being a fighter, and what you resist persists. What you resist persists, as you know. And um, I and I finally, I finally got to the point where I started to hear myself. I started mm. to see the patterns that were showing up, and then all of a sudden, it was like everything unfolded in front of me. Why I didn't like male teachers? Why? My marriages were never going to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, why, you know, dating certain people was, you know, was g- just good today, from the beginning. Good, yeah, not good tomorrow. Um, and you know, why I was struggling in business, um, you know, to be able to really make my mark, and and part of it was, you know, not owning my feminine side, but also not connecting with feminine or masculine potential clients or people in that Mm -hmm. sense. And really just, I'd say anything, I was confused and I was frustrated and I was mad. I was really mad that, that this all of a sudden started showing up at a particular time in my life. Yeah, exactly. I've been fine for 30-some years and and now. very successful. Very successful. I mean, other than the two divorces at this point, but very successful. And it really just kind of, uh, it, it took me down. It kind of took me down to a place where I really had to surrender all that I knew to really look at who I wanted to be What, what, what does this life offer me and who do I want to be in it? And how much, how much more struggle do I want to accept?
1: Mm. So what was that, that moment of surrender like for you? How did that show up for you?
2: You know, it was really, um, it was really seeing the fear and the patterns of not trusting what I thought were my surroundings. But the truth is it was not trusting me. Mm-hmm. If I just kept on this, this act, if I just put this armor on a little bit more, a little bit stronger, I could get through anything. But it, it there's a point where that becomes exhausting and, and we have to stop looking at it being outside circumstances and events that are causing our life to look like this and really go inside and say, I'm, I'm the proponent in this. Something's not working for me and I have to figure this out. And when I was able to really kind of see a lot of the patterns that were happening, um, I absolutely then knew that I needed to do the work. Mm-hmm. And I was willing to accept a mentor, a teacher, a guide to take me through a process for me to dive a little bit back into my past and work through some stuff that I hadn't worked through. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, it was enlightening. It was in, enlightening, and it was overwhelming. And, you know, I, as an angry person at this point in my life to be sad was like five seconds on five seconds of sad, we're moving on type of thing. Yeah, exactly. Enough I found of that. myself in this very sad place for an extended period of time that I couldn't shake. And, uh, but I felt that I could trust being in it, that to try and push myself out of it was ignoring and not acknowledging the work that I'd done. And mm. to stay in it. And that was probably the hardest part of it. Um, uh, that is a hard choice
1: to make because that can feel so
2: bottomless. It, yes. I mean, th- y- the fear of depression setting in. I mean, at this point, my health was not well. My I was losing hair. I was like, I mean, I was had huge bald spots on my head. Uh, I was unhealthy. Everything hurt on my body. And all of this was being manifested because I was fighting – what needed to be healed once it was recognized. So once mm. you kind of have an awareness of what needs to be worked through, you can't ignore it anymore. If you try to ignore it, that's when illness and disease, dis-ease sets in.
1: Yeah, exactly. Your soul starts to go, look, look, sit you're there. so
2: close. You're so close. Come Keep on, going. just
1: do it. Yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> so it was it was a couple of years. Um and I and I say that really, it was a couple of years of doing the work, not expecting a lot out of myself, Mm -hmm. certainly not, you know, trying to to outdo anything or be in a dating situation or anything like that. Like, I really needed this time for myself and discover Um, who I was and to um, to confidently say, you know, who I am. And, And that's kind of how a lot of this branding conversation started for me was really? I really got to uncover what was considered to be kind of like my my illusion in life, mm. the illusion that I wasn't wanted. The illusion to was to then, of course, be wanted. So I right. would do everything to be wanted with my story of saying, I'm not wanted.
1: Yes. Somebody needs to redeem me or save me from this unwantedness. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And that's, you know, if that cycle continues, you know, I mean, I think people say sometimes that there's like, you know, oh, I do, you know, uh, affirmations and mantras. But sometimes if you're just trying to say what you really want, but you don't believe it, it doesn't work. No, you have to own what you are in order and for the affirmation can, to work <laughs> and trust that you can evolve and so that was a big learning lesson for me was not trying to just cover it up and paint over it and you know hide it under the rug it was really if i if i said i felt unwanted then i had to own unwanted yes and i couldn't force my actions being about being wanted i had to just like sit in unwanted and really sit with that feeling. And we're going to
1: sit with this feeling for a Good. little bit over the break here. And then we're going to come back and hear how you eventually worked your way through this. That I did. Ah, so hang with us, and that will come up after the break. So stay tuned. Mm-hmm.
3: and get Amplified.
1: channel
0: be sure to friend us on facebook you can do it right now visit facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for us at keyword voice america
2: we don't follow we leave join us the voice america influencers channel
1: Thank you for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea. I'm here talking with the wonderful Bonnie Bonadeo. And before we went on break, she was sharing that she had discovered she could not run away from her shit. (laughs) Wherever she went, it was still with her. And she'd also discovered an insight that many of us never quite realized, which is you need to sit in a feeling and acknowledge it Mm -hmm. before you can move on, process it, and move through so, you were sitting in sadness and sitting in a feeling of unwantedness. How did you continue to process this through? How did this work through for you?
2: You know, it was it was partly me doing my own work, but it was partly me being guided by some coaching, some really great coaches that um, stayed with me through a, a year-long program in there. And then, looking at other programs that... Were going to help me and other modalities of spirituality um, because at this point in my life I was never really spiritual. You know, I, I always had a belief in God and felt that I was in faith, but it 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 didn't it didn't attach to anything that made sense to me, and I wasn't yeah, It wasn't enough.
1: Wasn't personal in your life at that uh-huh. point.
2: Yeah. And I, um, you know, I found a a Unity Church in, in my in my neighborhood. Um, and started participating in it, and educating myself, and hearing it, and realizing that it was it was comforting. It was comforting to be present and in that surrounding, um, and it, it and it really allowed me to feel safe as well. Um, and the you know the coaching part of it was really just not forcing me to do things, but having me look at. Where life was working and where life wasn't working, and trying to pinpoint those triggers mm-hmm. that would set me off and put me back on that road of anger, frustration, illness, hair loss—all those things that I self-destruction exactly. Yeah, and um, and when I really started to piece the patterns together, it made a lot of sense, and so much showed up. I mean, things showed up like. Um, why my relationships didn't work? Why I had fear of certain things, um, you know, public restrooms, and and why I had kidney stones and ended up in the hospital for five days? Like oh, wow. all of these things were connected to a trauma that never got healed. And you know, and I and I and I do really believe that when we're not. Taking care of ourselves from the inside out—that we that anything that happens to us in regards to an illness is is a result of some unhealed trauma.
1: Yeah. So, how did you begin to heal that little girl in there who was so well, I started horribly talking. betrayed?
2: <laughs> yeah, I started talking to the little girl. I mean, that was one of the. I went on a retreat with one coach, and um, we really just you know the whole retreat was talking to that little girl and allowing, allowing forgiveness to set in. And so, you know, there was this acceptance of, okay, this happened, but it could have been worse. You know, then you start to justify it. It could have been worse. But the truth is, is that it happened. And apparently it left it left its mark on me. Well, and
1: it happened and it it was horrible. This whole, it's it could be more horrible or less horrible but it, is right. really irrelevant. Yeah, it
2: exactly, exactly. And understanding that part of it. So there was this level of acceptance that it happened. There was the level of ownership that it happened in my past and although it has shaped me to who i am today it doesn't have to detour me as to who i want to be mm-hmm. i can i can work with it so this this you know this illusion this story that i created around it don't trust men you you're never going to be wanted you know they're they're only going to want to hurt you if they do want you you know all mm-hmm. of those stories that you kind of build up around you to protect you um, when they started to break down um I looked different. I felt different. Um, I became healthier. Um, relationships just started naturally gravitating to me. My business started flourishing. Um, but I knew, you know, I knew I still had some work to do in regards to that. And um, I ended up doing some, you know, some programs that myself where people were coming to them, and we created a safe place for people to be able to start curating their stories. Because I saw the power that sharing my story had on me and others. It connected to others. And that's where I realized, realized, okay, so I understand that my brand, if I say that I'm unwanted, then I will disconnect from the world. And disconnecting Mm -hmm. from the world doesn't serve me in any way. Because the truth is, I'm vibrant. I'm very much a connected person. I'm a connector to people. Like my entire life has been, oh, I don't know that I can help you, but I know somebody that can. Somebody has, exactly. I love people with those kind of of Rolodexes. (laughs) Yes, I mean, that's who I am. And it, you know, and of course it does feel that it helps me to feel wanted. But when I saw that it was more of a gift instead of a curse, Mm-hmm. I was able to transform it into a branded business, an opportunity to help other people to, you know, get to the bottom of their story, heal some past wounds, yes. be better speakers, be better communicators, have better relationships, find love. I mean, yes. all of this stuff started to happen.
1: I find that so much. The flip side of the wounding, on the back side of that, there's always a superpower.
2: Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, you know, the dark side and the light side of things, you know, the yin and yang. Mm-hmm. And I really was able to surrender to it as trauma and accept it as a gift. Yes. And it wasn't about forgiving the, you know, the perpetrator. It it wasn't about forgiveness in that realm at all. It was forgiving me and it was forgiving that 5-year yes. five 5-year-old five little girl who said you should have known better. Yes, and it was your own fault that this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You should have known better. And so, you know, all the mistakes that I've made in life up to this point of this healing journey, I would say to myself, I should have known better. And mm. I I under, and I really started to see, "Oh, wow. I do Look that to that. myself a lot." I'm shooting all over myself on shitting. a regular basis. Shooting shooting shooting. Yeah. Yeah, and there was um, at one point where even though all of it seemed like it was working, I felt a little unfulfilled in what I was doing. And I felt that I needed to go back and be in a corporate environment and work with people. I mean, my leadership skills just really came out. And I love leading people. Mm. And I felt like being an independent entrepreneur that that was a missing for me. Yeah. So I finally got to the point where I said, you know what? I, it's hard being an independent entrepreneur. Like you got to keep the hustle going all the time. My, I know what my gift is. My gift is to be able to connect with people. And I want to be in an environment where I'm connecting with more people and I can help them. And I surrendered my business, not fully, but I surrendered it and accepted a full-time job. And the whole time I was doing this was uneasy. It Mm. felt wrong. It felt right. It felt confusing. It felt relief. I, you know, like, oh, am I sacrificing success for security? Mm
1: -hmm.
2: You know, and I, but I, did make the commitment to accept this opportunity. And I was not even three weeks into it and I realized I made the biggest mistake of my life. Yeah. Like when we talk about surrender in full, sometimes we we think it always has to be attached to big actions in our life and not just mental, spiritual, internal love for ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I kind of like went all the way to the other side of the pendulum and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I started chopping things off, realizing that that wasn't that wasn't what surrender was about. But, But getting to that point of making the commitment and choosing what I did and realizing that it was the wrong choice, I like reverted back into my business. Like I said, this isn't working. I can't do this. Um, went back into my business and finally felt like I'd found me. I finally felt like for the first time in my life, I'd truly connected with me. Yeah. and I and part of that is you know hanging on to what we consider to be success.
1: Exactly. And and what that definition of success really is, right? Because so often we get that it doesn't come from inside of us. It's, it comes from a parent or it comes from society or some kind of expectation that's been imprinted on us. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with what makes our hearts sing.
2: No, absolutely not. And, you know, and I really put a lot of emphasis on success with money, and success with titles and success with, you know, um, status. Mm -hmm. And the truth is, is none of that really meant that much to me. I wanted to help more people. And I thought the only way that I was going to be able to help more people was to stay in my business and to continue to do the work that I was doing and to keep evolving in my own work so that I can continue to keep sharing it with other people. and. That was one of the events. Then that I had like a month later, um, which I'd already had on the calendar and was intending to do. Even when I accepted the job, um, this gentleman came into the into the class, and I had met him at at, a, at an event, a show uh, in our industry. And it was just an absolute acquaintance, you know, a friend of mm-hmm. a, a mutual friend introduced us, and um, he came to the class, and he was a little frustrating. Um, Mm. he didn't get it. He didn't want to get it. Um, he, uh, the person I was co-facilitating with, she goes, you get to take him on. I'll take this person on, you take that person on. And I'm like, (laughs) all right. Lit up the problem, children. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, kind of like nurtured this process. So I thought and tried to get, you know, tried to get him to see something in the way that he was, that the way that he was kind of not connecting with Mm. what other people were connecting with and what we were trying to accomplish in this program. Um, but he did decide to go into some coaching program afterwards because he did end up having some work that he felt he needed assistance with. He needed a coach to be able to guide him through some, some big speaking engagements. And, and he, uh, ended up coaching with me, um, for a little bit of time and not that I ever got to know him personally in any of that coaching, but once our coaching ended, there was, there was this moment where, um, it was like, Oh, something's there. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I felt that he felt the same way. And uh, so it ended up like out of, and I swear this is the part that I feel like is very (laughs) destined. Um, I was supposed to be in California for a training and it ended up getting moved at the last minute to Atlanta, which is where he is. Mm -hmm. And so I called him up and I said, Hey, I'm going to be in Atlanta. Maybe we can have a drink or dinner or something like that. And he's like, yeah. And then a week later, he ends up coming to an event in Phoenix where I was at. And it just was like this, like somebody was putting us together. There was just yeah, something yeah. that was putting us together. He had just got, serendipity. The, it, it was very, it was very serendipity. And he just got out of a relationship. So, of course, I was being my cautious self of, you know, oh, he's just got out of a relationship.
1: I don't want to be the,
2: I don't want like, yeah. to be the rebound girl. Yeah. Oh, exactly. I mean, because I was happy. I was, you know, 10, 11 years into being single and just being me. And you know, not really having to play in this game of relationships, and of course, the fear of failing again. Well, yes, that always, always, yeah, it rears its ugly head. (laughs) It's always on the forefront. Um, But we ended up connecting in the most amazing way, and you know, as time went on a couple months went on we started talking more and then of course we were at a lot of events together in the industry because we that's how we met and we would hang out and and it just really evolved and it and honestly it was like you know i can't say that i was ever in love until this moment yes
1: now, I would like to kind of dig into that with you a little bit because I've done some work with people who are trying to find that kind of life partner relationship <laughs> where, you know, it's two equal partners and they, they work together, they row in the same direction. And there is really love as opposed to passion and sex and chemistry. Um, how is that different for you? How do you distinguish that from your earlier relationships?
2: Um, you know, I really felt like the earlier relationships was what you were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that the second relationship was, I better have a kid now because I'm getting old. I mean, I had my son at 36.
1: Yeah. The so, biological um, clock
2: is getting really loud. biological clock was ticking. And yeah. um I didn't know that it could be better. I didn't know that it could feel more passionate and more connected, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I really do believe that this man I'm with today, Jeff, is is my absolute soulmate. Um, and we, you know, I ended up moving to Atlanta two years after we did long distance dating because mm-hmm. we lived in two different cities across, you know, West Coast and East Coast. And I ended up moving to Atlanta uh, after my son got into college Um, and we lived together. I mean, he asked me to marry him. We're planning a wedding this year and all of it just absolutely feels right. We do work together, um, but we also have some separate work that we do, but all of it just feels right. And um, there's not a moment that I don't feel love for him and that I don't want to that i you know that i that i that i don't want to be with him and that i want to nurture this relationship more i want to invest in this relationship mm. and i really and i really feel like that's you know the the partnership that we have but i know for a fact sophia i know for a fact if i had not done the healing work that i needed to do for myself um i wouldn't have access to being able to be this present in a relationship and to feel this nurtured and this taken care of and this loved, you know, like you can give love back and you can nurture and you can caretake and you can do all these things. But if you don't get it back, the resentment eventually sets in or, you know. He said, she said type of stuff sets in. Yeah. Or or you start
1: going, Well, I've put all I've put all of this into the relationship and where's my payback? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and that just doesn't work out. The partner's like, Whoa, whoa, whoa,
2: where'd this come from? Right? You've been yeah, or, happy for seven years and now this <laughs> or you've you, you know, you start out very young. I'm really proud of people that have that have stayed in a long term relationship. I mean, good for you and you've made it work. There there has to be, you know, some some love present in that in order to keep working through it because Absolutely. they're not easy. Relationships are never easy. Um, but I know that I did the work. I know I did the work and the work allowed me to, to trust myself in a relationship again.
1: That is amazing. I want to dig into this a little bit further, but we're coming up on break time here. If you are joining us from home, uh, go ahead and think a little bit about your relationships, your relationship history, and think about the work that you have been doing on yourself or maybe avoiding doing on yourself. Mm -hmm. And uh, just take a couple minutes to jot that down while we're on the break, and then come back and join us in a few minutes, and we'll dig into more with Bonnie Bonadeo. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm.
2: Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel.
3: Influencers Channel.
0: Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
2: Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel.
1: Thank you so much for staying with us through the break. This is Sophia Renee and I'm here talking to Bonnie Bonadeo, who before the break we had just learned had found her soulmate after a great many years of searching and quite a bit of internal work on herself. So Bonnie, um, tell me a little bit about how this relationship is different. How is your role in this relationship different than it was in the earlier relationships?
2: Well, I think that a level of maturity makes a huge difference. You know, I think that um, allowing who you are and, and your own independent self to be present in it, like you don't have to give that up.
1: Yes. You um, don't have to give over your identity you in order to be part
2: yeah, you do not have to give up your identity. You don't have to give up certain things that that represent you, which is again where I say that this when you're really clear on who you are and you understand that personal brand identity, you know, that's my foundation. That's what I run from. So I know that that's always who I'm going to be. And that's what I, I have to bring to the relationship. It's what I have to bring to all relationships. And because he did some of the work with me, then he had he did eventually have an understanding of, you know, what's what could make a relationship work. I mean, he was in a long term relationship too that that uh, got divorced from. Uh, but I really think that we just shared a lot of common interests. Mm. I think we liked the same things, things that were quirky things, you know. Um, <laughs> we would we would say the same things. We knew a lot of the same people. We 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 generated conversations that were very easeful because we understood each other's lives and understood each other's business and and you know and understood sometimes what doesn't work. And you know I, I say that he's he's very intuitive in his own way. Um, and you know, and that's that's a level of trust that he has for himself. He's like, I always I always trust myself in in making these type of decisions because they usually always work out for me. Mm-hmm. And yes. I ad- I admire that. And that's still something I can learn from because I spent, you know, half of my life up to this point not trusting the decisions that I was mm-hmm. making.
1: And second guessing everything because of that one horrible experience that your five-year-old self had. Mm-hmm.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So you can imagine these people that have more than one trauma in maybe in their childhood, you know, or multiple traumas as they're kind of progressing through life. It's hard. It's and each one is a, is a separate trauma that has to be healed. But then you can see that sometimes the pattern of all of those started in this illusion of the story we created Mm -hmm. at that very early age. So, you know, the relationship now is, um, common interests, which I think is pretty valid in a relationship in your 50s. Like, yes. you got to like doing the same things. Mm-hmm. You got to enjoy each other. You got to enjoy hanging yeah. out together. Exactly. Yeah. So, common, and, in, common interests are, you know, pretty vital. But, you know, we also we're also similar people. We're similar in age. Um, we had, we've had similar life experiences, uh, you know, in our careers mm-hmm. and in growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that just, you know, adds value to how we want to contribute to each other. Yes,
1: exactly. Mm-hmm. I I don't know about you, but looking back on your earlier relationships and the current relationship, I also have a practice husband that came Mm -hmm. before the bonus husband.
2: (laughs) First one doesn't count. Second one is practice.
1: (laughs) Anyway, uh, one thing that I noticed, uh, a fundamental difference in those relationships for me, and you can speak to whether you see this or not, in my first earlier relationship there was a lot of competitiveness. Yeah. And and it's it was not cooperative. Whereas in this relationship, in the one that's working really well, th- the enemy is outside. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> the people in this relationship are in it with their full hearts, with their best intentions. And there's not any of this like blaming and that kind of stuff that went on in the earlier relationship, because we've acknowledged that we're both here trying to do the best that we can.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's so true. I mean, definitely the competitiveness I saw. Um, And then there's a relationship, you know, like my second relationship was, If, you know, maybe a little off center or weighted differently. Mm. Um, And give me an example of what you, uh, you know, just they were they had they had more to offer. Um, And it was and or what I had wasn't really an offering to support them. Mm. So even though I had something to offer, it wasn't of interest Or it didn't seem relevant to support them. And what they had to offer did support me and help me to grow Mm -hmm. and help me to nurture and everything. So, then that becomes kind of one-sided. It doesn't feel balanced. In the end. Yeah,
1: exactly. There needs um, to be
2: give and take both yeah. directions. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, love is love. And, you know, and, and honestly, I, I can say that now because, you know, it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm ever going to find love. I always believed I would find love. I always believed, even though I enjoyed my singlehood for many years and just, you know, did casual dating along the way. I knew I would find love. And I, I trusted that statement more than I trusted myself, more than I trusted any other thing in my life. I, or any of the external facts. Yeah, right? I yeah. truly believed that love was going to come into my life and that I was going to live that, you know, feeling of happily ever after in love. That's beautiful. Yeah. So, I, yeah.
1: Relationships I know are work because yes. I, I'm in one. <laughs> uh, what for you has been the hardest part of making the relationship <laughs> and the love work?
2: Um, he's he. For me, my business is always kind of like a, a evolving business, mm-hmm. and he has a very established business. Um, so he sees my frustration of starting, stopping, starting, stopping over the years and tries to help me with that. But I get it's it was what I chose. Like mm-hmm. I chose this type of work and I've, I've had to reinvent myself a few times. Um, but I I can tell at the beginning of the relationship, I did resist his wisdom Mm. in that arena. And, uh, you know, just this past year, I've really opened up to his wisdom and saying, "Mm, I like that. I want to, you know, and then realizing that everything I was trying to do would actually help his business. So, we're actually Mm. doing more work together than we are apart, which takes away from what you said earlier, a little bit of that that competitiveness, not competitive Mm -hmm. to be better, but competitive that I need time to nurture things over here. Um, And he's at the point in his life where he wants time for us to be together and nurture. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, you know, I feel like I'm still starting up a business and he's ready to retire a business. Ah. (laughs) And I've, I've had to surrender some of all, you know, some of the things that I really like to do to keep myself busy to say, oh, wait, hold on. He's more important than that. Yeah. That might bring me in a little bit of money, might bring in a little bit of status, but the truth is, is this relationship has more value and is more important to me over here to spend time with him and for us to plan the things that we want to do. Yeah. And, 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 continue to nurture and share the love that we want to have and we're good about talking about things but not not perfect by no means perfect you know I say I'm a fighter in a relationship he's a fleer ah. you know, that fight, <laughs> fight freeze that, thing. that that can be a little bit of a challenge Oh yeah because I'm chasing after him we're not no we're not stopping and, until we're done and with he's this. he's running as fast as he can and I've I've learned to give him that space but I've learned that there's a point where too much space is too much space. Mm-hmm. Now we have to talk about it. And so I'll create a very safe place to create, open up that conversation and sometimes hear what I don't want to hear about myself, sometimes hear wow. what my role in it was.
1: Yes, I, my husband and I kind of went through that dynamic for uh for several years he's he has to go in his cave and think about these things mm-hmm. before he's ready to talk about them and it <laughs> makes me crazy, crazy because i've got this little voice in my head going it's about you he doesn't like you anymore he's going to yes. get rid of you you know and all telling all these awfulizing stories and so we came to this agreement that before he goes in his cave, he needs to let me know if it has anything to do with me or not. Mm. And 99% of the time, it has stick Nothing. squat to do with me. Yeah. And so, as long as he tells me that, I'm happy to give him the time that he needs in the cave And when he's ready to come out and talk about it, he will come out and talk about it. (laughs) I
2: I love that. There's there's a lot of good advice in that for everybody, whether it's new relationship or a long-term relationship.
1: Yeah, because it does at some point need to be discussed. But to try to force the discussion before the other party is ready is also extremely counterproductive.
2: (laughs) It, yes, yes, it it adds, it adds to the, the resentment, it adds to the, the lack of love, you know, breaks down, breaks down a lot.
1: Exactly. So we did, we had a very wonderful discussion around that. It's like, I (laughs) I know what you need. Here's what I need. How do we make this happen? Right? (laughs) That is, that
2: is, that's very true and very powerful.
1: Absolutely. So let me ask you, I believe you brought a very nice gift with you today. Would you like to share what your yeah, gift is? You
2: know, this, so I've, I've nurtured, I always look at, like I said, on the top of the show. I don't believe there's ever just a business conversation that needs to be had. It's usually life-based, and then we can incorporate business parts in there. And so, I have developed uh, what I call a, a brand me audit, and it really looks at your life, your business, anything, anything that you want to do, if it's life, if it's business, if it's family, if it's love, any of those arenas. And we walk through a cycle of being able to say, what. What's your belief? What's your story you're telling yourself of why you might be stuck? And how can we get you unstuck from this process? Right. And it's it really is about personal branding, understanding who you are so that you can be present with other people in a very powerful and contributive way that you can have the success that you are. So yes, is, uh, uh, yeah. aligned and authentic. Absolutely. So it's, it's just go to brand. Uh, no, no,
1: no, audit. No. Uh, hang on. I will give oh. the URL. Oh, Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you no. can go to sovereign where you will find the link perfect. to this as well as uh, the ability to get onto Bonnie's email list. If you would like to hear from her on a regular basis. Yeah. So you can get your audit at sovereign and thank you so much for being You're with welcome. us today, thank Bonnie. You.
2: Thank it's you. It's
1: been a pleasure talking with you. I always enjoy discussing relationships because they were such a mystery to me for so many years, that and it be. it turns out to be so much simpler than we make it out to be. Once we realize the important thing is looking inside of ourselves first. <laughs> before we seek that partnership from the outside. So thank you all for being with us today and come back and join us next week, same time, same place. And until then, go out and live soul first.